Our scripture came from Mark's Gospel, the 11th chapter, and the first through the 10th verses. Here are these words as they are recorded. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him, and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he went, and will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met. And they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. I want to begin by telling you two stories. The first took place last Friday evening when my wife and I went to the supermarket to stock up on groceries. We are very deliberate and intentional about when we go out and how often we go out in an effort to minimize as much as possible the potential for coming into contact with other people. Our reason for doing this, of course, is because of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, as we ventured out, we noticed that there were some people that were like us who were wearing their masks and wearing gloves. And then there were people who just were not. As we paid close attention to the people, we further noticed that the people who were wearing masks were very conscious about physical distancing. Notice I didn't say social distancing, but physical distancing as opposed to the people who were not wearing masks or gloves. It's almost as if there were two kinds of people, those that took the virus seriously and those that didn't. When we got to the cashier, we further noticed that she was also not wearing gloves nor a mask. And to make matters worse, she appeared to be ill. As we watched her touch every single item to scan and place them in the bag, we could not help but feel as though we were a shopping bag away from contracting the virus. Needless to say, we were mortified. As you can well imagine, by the time we got home, we entered the house of the basement and Clorox cleaned every single item, including the bags, before storing them away. My reason for telling you this first story is to make the point that in the midst of this deadly pandemic, there seems to be two kinds of people, those that take the virus seriously and those that don't. The second story surrounds a video that has since gone viral on Facebook and YouTube. By viral, it simply means that the video is circulating rapidly and widely from one internet user to another. The video is of a bus driver in Detroit that was expressing his utter disgust and anger that a passenger came on the bus and coughed several times without covering their mouth. The driver was extremely upset 
and called out the insensitivity of that person who in the midst of this pandemic was coughing without care or concern for those other people who were traveling on the bus. The driver in very colorful language spoke of the fact that here he was risking his life on the front line, trying to make sure that people were able to get where they needed to be. And here comes someone who just didn't seem to care. That driver posted the video. Four days later, he was dead. My reason for telling you this second story is to make the point that in the midst of this deadly pandemic, there seems to be two kinds of people those who take the virus seriously, and those who do not. For some reason, our world seems predisposed to always being binary. By being binary, what I mean is, there always seems to be this condition where we're having to choose one state or another. We see this binary phenomena play out, for example, with people being either Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, capitalists or communists, rich or poor, haves or have not, light or dark, good or bad, believers or unbelievers, and worst of all, alive or dead. Our world seems to always be forcing us to constantly be making choices, and there is often not too much wiggle room for straddling the fence. You're either this or that. You're either in or out. So as we come to this fourth week of teleconferencing and, and, and telepreaching in celebration of this Palm Sunday, I thought it appropriate to look at the choices that confront us as we live our daily lives and the decisions that lead us to choose between the various paths. And so I have titled this message quite simply, Where Two Ways meet. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have now come to the preaching hour. I have done what you've asked me to do to the best of my ability. Now, Lord, may your strength be made perfect in my weakness as I try to preach a word, Lord, that is right in season for your people. Something, Lord, that will give us hope, knowing, Lord, that you are still God and that you are still with us. Bless this time now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In the accounts of the four canonical Gospels, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem takes place about a week before his resurrection. It is a time we refer to as Palm Sunday, and that's why we're celebrating it on this day. And the symbolism is beautifully captured in the book of Zechariah, the ninth chapter and the ninth verse, where we read, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. 
It suggests that Jesus was declaring he was king of Israel, much to the chagrin of the Jewish leaders. Now, according to the Gospels, Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem, and the celebrating people were there laying down palms and their cloaks and small branches in front of him and sang part of a psalm found in 118, 25 through 26, shouting, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Now, now, now prior to Jesus riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, Jesus had given two of his disciples instructions to go and fetch the animal for his use. In fact, the text tells us that when Jesus came near to Jerusalem onto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, go your way into the village opposite you. As soon as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied, which no person has ever sat upon. Loose him and bring him to me. Furthermore, if anyone says to you, why are you untying the colt? You are to say, the Lord has need of him. And immediately they will let you take him. Now the disciples went on their way. And sure enough, they found the colt and the things played out just as Jesus had said. But the thing that I want you to focus on in this text, which is the reason why I read it from the King James Version, is because it said the colt was tied by the door without in a place where two ways met and they loosed him. Did you see that? It said where two ways met and they loosed him. The colt that Jesus needed was found right where two ways meet. I found this term two ways to be a very interesting term in the text. And so I had to kind of look it up and try to see if I could understand why this was used only in the King James Version. In other translations, the term used is open street, which is to be understood as some kind of intersection. Now the word way describes a natural path frequently used in the synoptic gospels, meaning Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and metaphorically, it is a word used to mean a course of conduct or some kind of way of thinking. In other words, way speaks of the path that leads to some kind of destination. Now, Jesus told the two disciples that they would find a colt right there at the place where two ways meet. Here, the disciples are confronted with a binary choice. The place where two ways meet is always an intersection in our lives. It is the valley of decision, and it requires that you make a choice. At the place where two ways meet, you do not have the luxury of choosing to be an independent or a socialist or an agnostic or even straddling the fence. At the place where two ways meet, there is no compromise, purgatory, or limbo. At the place where two ways meet, you find the narrow way or the broad way. At the place where two ways meet, there is the light path, and then there's the dark path. At the place where two ways meet, there is good and there is evil. At the place where two ways meet, there is salvation and damnation. And at the place where two ways meet, there is life or death. For at the place where two ways meet, is a place where most people get stuck and find themselves in some kind of analysis, paralysis. It is also the place where all of the poor choices that you and I have made in our lives finally find its culmination and the place where you and I are most at 
risk. It is a place where there is one path that leads you to doing what you have always done and getting what you've always gotten. But there's another path that leads to life more abundantly. It is a place where you must enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many there be that enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few there be that find it. But the good thing about the place where two ways meet is that it's also at that place where you find and you encounter Jesus. For Jesus himself declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. At the place where two ways meet, you find purpose. At the place where two ways meet, you find God. And try as you might, you can't find him on your own. Why? Because his ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. And so at the place where two ways meet, you find God. Now, straddled at this intersection is a cult or a donkey that the Lord has need of. And it is interesting to me that Jesus chose a colt over a grown donkey. By choosing the colt that had never been ridden by anyone, it actually reinforces Jesus' humility. But I believe, and I can tell you right now that I cannot support this theologically, but I believe that because at the place where two ways meet, there was both a grown donkey and a young donkey. The disciples could have made a choice to pick either one. But Jesus had given them specific instructions to choose the young donkey, the unridden and the unproven cult. Likewise, and in this age of the coronavirus pandemic, you too are at the place where two ways meet. And you have a binary choice. You can choose to take it seriously or you can choose not to, but you must choose. You can choose to stay faithful to what God has asked you to do like those disciples or you can choose to do what you think is best for you. I believe the disciples sat there and they said to themselves, well, he said us to go get a donkey. He did say a young one, but listen, Jesus is a grown man, 33 years old. Maybe he really meant the big one. In other words, it wasn't for you to decide what's in your best interest. Do what Jesus told you to do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You all have a choice at the place where two ways meet. You can choose to believe the truth of what God says or you can choose to believe a lie. You can choose to believe what the scientists are telling us about what's happening with our world or you can choose to believe what simply makes you feel good. But brothers and sisters, if you are tuned to this message, my point is simply this. You must choose when you get to the place where two ways meet. Right before you and before America today is the place where two ways meet. And we have no more time to waste. God has given us enough grace and we have played around with his good creation long enough. And in the words of the late Malcolm X, the chickens have come home to roost. So what are you going to do? For you are right now at this moment standing at the place where two ways meet. Allen Temple, our church is at that place. 
the coronavirus pandemic needs to be a wake-up call for all of us at this time. And time is running out for enough is enough. But as I prepare to close this message, I'm reminded that there is another name for that place where two ways meet. It has another name, a very poignant name, and that name is a crossroad. But I like the symbolism of the name crossroad for the place where two ways meet. For, for you see, the crossroad is the place where you find the cross of Calvary. It is a place where a young, unproven, unbroken, arrogant, self-centered, and entitled beast is made free. For the text says that the disciples went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways meet and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, what are you doing loosing the colt? And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, the Lord has need of him. And they let them go. My brothers and my sisters, the Lord has need of you too. But you must first be untied and loosed from your bondage to sin. You must be untied and loosed from your selfishness. You must be untied and loosed from your envies and your jealousies. You must be untied and loose from your gossiping and backstabbing. And you must be untied and loosed from sin. And this untying and loosing happens when those of you who have been redeemed themselves, like the disciples, come and share with you the good news of what God has done on Calvary's cross. You see, on that cross where two ways meet, Jesus was crucified with all sin with it. On that cross where two ways meet, Jesus was lifted up and the price, the full price for sin was paid for in his name. On that cross where two ways meet, Jesus gave you and I true freedom. And on that cross where two ways meet, Jesus saved you. All of your pettiness, all of your shame, all of your pride, all of your disobedience, all of your rebellion was paid in full. All your debt forgiven and all your burden taken away at the place where two ways meet. Jesus bore this burden in our place so that we can cast all of our anxieties and all of our cares upon him right there at the foot of the cross where two ways meet. So Jesus is God's Messiah and King. He is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy found in the Psalm. Oh Lord, do save, we beseech you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. And even as Zechariah the prophet shared, rejoice greatly, church. Shout in triumph despite coronavirus. He is just. Behold our coming king and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So as we herald in the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, on this Palm Sunday, know that he will be coming again and soon. And this time he'll be coming to judge the quick and the dead. So what will you choose to do today? Will you continue to walk around as if there is no pandemic? Will you choose to think that you can stay on the fence? Will, will you choose to, to, to walk the path 
of disobedience? Or will you choose to be untied and loosed? The choice is yours, but time is running out. So choose you today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord where two ways meet. May the Lord, Lord, richly, richly bless you, my beloved.